How do you know when the progress you've made is real? Unless there's a specific system of self-improvement, any positive results you achieve are likely an accident. How do you take ownership of what you want and achieve real results? In this episode, the good doctor dismantles feel-good thought systems. Join Dr. Cashy as he discusses how to develop a workable methodology with measurable benchmarks and then how to interpret that information to get more of the stuff you want and less of the stuff you don't. Roll the intro! Good morning, everybody. Good day. Today's episode of <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. Very special, very special episode today. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. We're going to talk about some cool stuff. That is my favorite stuff to talk about, by the way. Cool stuff. It's still serious, though. That's Hopefully that's okay. Cool stuff can be serious, too, right? <laughs> I, see, I see lots of feel-good stuff floating around over the years. Um, uh about I guess, I guess not being hard on yourself something i see a lot and uh oh by the way what is the what is the dominant thought in that statement right hard on yourself <laughs> in any case uh in my in my typical contrarian modus operandi and i operandi i'm pushing back against not being hard on yourself i'm gonna push back on that uh, which, uh, if you care about getting better in any way at all, you need to care to be better, right? If you care about getting better in any way, it's a, it's a, it's a, being hard on yourself means you care. I'm, I'm getting worked up already. <laughs> you need to care to be better. That's all there is to it. Uh, how about operationalizing hard on yourself instead of trying and failing to cast it aside? Besides, ironic process theory, which is my favorite process theory, by the way, dictates that casting it aside is impossible anyway. Let me explain. Don't think about a pink elephant. Hmm? What are you thinking about? Hmm? A pink elephant in some way, shape, or form, no doubt. Okay? By focusing on not being hard on yourself, what are you drawing attention to? Being hard on yourself. Equal opposite, equal opposite, fo focusing too much on a specific slip-up, which is now in the past, causes you to brood and ruminate, cripple, crippling you from systemizing a way to fix it. Being hard on yourself is a net positive thing, with the disclaimer of when done correctly, as with anything else, right? There's definitely too much of a good thing. As the saying goes, the dosage makes the poison. Recognize it and make use of it. Huh. Hmm? Hmm. The binary thinking again is, is it good or bad? Smart or dumb? Healthy or toxic? Uh, we're over here on team science thinking, uh, how about none of the above? Uh, let's be honest with ourselves. Figures of speech and hyperbole aside, that level of binary thinking I, I think is lazy and willfully ignorant. You owe it to yourself to be better than that. So let us get a move on. <sighs> when it comes to decision making and changing for the better... I think it's best to think in terms of risk. Why? Risk adequately conveys the chance of negative consequences on a continuum. Is it low risk or high risk? 
Like, is it is it healthy or toxic, good or bad? Is it low risk or high risk? Uh, because then you can put it on a continuum, the visual analog scale. Beyond that assessment, how do positives compare to negatives? If there are negatives, and there will be, are they so negative in so many circumstances they're keeping you from changing at all? That's a flag for self-sabotage, it really is. A cue to audit the micro-conversations you have with yourself. The biggest negative of any slip-up is using it as a way to grant yourself permission to give up on yourself and what you think you're capable of accomplishing. Distorting reality is simple and easy. That's why you do it. That's why I do it. That's why humans do it. Self-deprecating, all or nothing, and catastrophic thinking, these are common ways to reject this reality and substitute your own. <laughs> and often they are used in combination with each other. This is the worst day ever. I never do anything right. I'm dumb and hate myself. Objectively, every single one of those statements is ludicrous. The evidence to support these claims is something between microscopic and zero. Most times, the functional result of your goof is hard, if not impossible, for anybody else to see. And this nuclear response is the result of a comically low risk tolerance. In other words, you're throwing a tantrum using adult words, but maybe, just maybe, you're adult enough to keep your outbursts bottled up. You know, saving it for later. <laughs> Serious, right? Risk tolerance is different to every single person and will likely be the topic of other material. For now, just know that, that you can take a low risk thing and make it high risk, like the above example. Uh, if the result of every slip up is distorting reality into catastrophe, then you are taking a low risk thing and making it high risk. You're also limiting your options severely. You basically, again, giving yourself two options, living a life of walking on eggshells because uh, uh, every, poor, every poor outcome or what you perceive as a poor outcome leads to disaster, uh, or you, so you have to walk on eggshells, or you give up on yourself entirely, essentially. Uh, and if you look around and pay attention to how most people act, that's probably what you end up seeing. Now, is being perfect impossible? Yes, it is. Is making yourself better possible? Yes, it is. But making yourself better is a skill. A lot of people try to make themselves better and end up making themselves feel like they're dumb and impotent. This is probably you. How do I know that? Because everybody feels that way at some point. <laughs> it, it is to be human, perhaps. Uh, and this is because a conflation has occurred. Plus one for vocab. Pretty sure I'm using that right. Go back to my SAT flip book. <laughs> it, it's easy to confuse two similar like related but separate concepts, okay? Number one, which is systematically pushing your limits in a calculated way to improve your baseline, also known as building yourself up. Number two is expecting yourself to magically get better just because you've randomly decided to set arbitrarily higher standards. <laughs> this is also known as constantly testing yourself. And testing and building are two very different things that when you look at them from the outside may look similar. Okay. When you put a huge emphasis on meeting expectations and little to no emphasis on what proper expectations are, then even if a broken clock is right twice a day, you still set yourself up to fail. Sure, I, I think some measurements may change in what you perceive as a good direction, I guess, uh, but chances are you're, you're, you're getting closer to what your current capacity is on accident, and this is vastly different than increasing your baseline level of performance on purpose. 
a little little meta, a little abstract, but I, but I think you got it. In other words, shooting for the stars and landing on the moon is a horrible way to change yourself. <laughs> it's literally the definition of setting yourself up to lose. What do you do next time? Aim for the next galaxy? Anything you do, get you end up getting on accident. Additionally, if you aim outside of your target, then you will miss your target by default. Am I the only one that thinks this way? <laughs> uh, being okay with failing is about as bad as overreacting about it. And if anything generates a, well, at least I tried sort of mindset, gross, uh, recognizing and accepting you missed the mark is different than being okay with it. Assess and correct as you go. If you're shooting for the stars thinking you'll land on the moon, then just craft a reasonable plan to land on the damn moon. How about them apples? <laughs> Instead of being so mad at falling short that you're paralyzed or expecting to fall short, crippling your chances of being better, you can ask, hey, why did I fall short? Ah, hello there. Expecting yourself to fail is silly. Being okay with failing is also silly. Crippling yourself from getting better when you do slip up is silly. Lots of things are silly. Recognize you goofed, take the information and learn about yourself, use that to reset your expectations, create a reasonable plan based on this new information, and then act in accordance with that plan. That's part of why I'm here. Uh, you probably suck at setting expectations. That's okay. Everybody does, one point. And I mean that at the bottom of my heart. How do I know you probably suck at it? Because it's a skill you have to learn in the context of what you're trying to accomplish. <laughs> That's fair, right? And unless you're taught, and unless you know you're doing it right, then you're rolling the dice. My bias is that expectations management is best when learned in a formal way. In other words, you are taught or mentored by another person. So let's lay this out. One, you're probably ignorant of what you're really capable of, which makes it really hard to set expectations to begin with. <laughs> uh, two, this means that managing and setting expectations when doing it on your own is a laborious slog with modest levels of feedback. Feedback which you must also know how to interpret and apply in context. It also means that to get better, the results of your objective decision making based on data must outweigh the results of the decisions you make based off of how you feel at the time you make the decision, which, as we all now know, these feelings change all the time. Years of trying to figure it out on your own is one of the very things that's manifesting your self-sabotaging behavior. You know, where you want one thing, but do another thing that gets you the opposite of what you want. <laughs> These self-sabotaging micro-conversations are ways to deal with stress now, even if it makes it worse. And around the merry-go-round we go. Uh, figuring out what you're capable of and then making yourself more capable, these are skills. And unless you've been through a validated process, been mentored on another person's process or taught to build your own, and have a tried and true check and balance system to keep yourself on track, well, then you're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Any results you get are an accident. And how well do those stick? Your mileage will definitely vary there. Uh, I think you owe it to yourself to get some results on purpose. What got you here is what different than what gets you there. Learned that from Mrs. Cashy. It's a pretty good one. Stuck that in my back pocket. Really, the only way to keep getting better the only way to keep getting better is to do things on purpose, with purpose, using a system. How about them apples? That, that is my rant for today, everybody. That is Dr. Cashy's fix 
of always letting yourself down. I think this is reasonable. Find a system. Find a system. The only way to keep getting better is to do things on purpose, with purpose, and using a system with proper expectations management. And I'm here to help you figure out and set those expectations, right? So I hope you guys have a freaking awesome day. I'm going to go finish the rest of this and hang out with Mrs. Cashy for a minute. I will see all of you very soon. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>